Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad to be with you today, gathered around God's words of life, light, and liberty. Hallelujah. We are in 2 Peter chapter 1. This will be part 8 today on this 21st day of August, 2023. Get your Bibles, get ready to uh, dig in and listen to the Lord reveal his truth to us. He will attempt to uh, impart uh, some spiritual gift to us today as the Apostle Paul told the church in Rome that he longed to come and visit them so that he could preach the gospel to them as well, already saved folks, uh, who so there could be a, a spiritual gift imparted to them so that they could both have mutual faith, like faith, hallelujah. Make sure everybody is striving together for the faith of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Before we get into the word today, just another reminder of determined camp meeting this year being held October the 5th through the 8th in Palestine, Texas at Christ Community Church. Uh, we, we just anticipate in these camp meetings as we always do. Uh, there will be people from all over this country coming. People uh, will uh, just uh, come and fellowship around the Lamb of God focused on the cross of Christ, learning, learning to become determined to know nothing other, just as the Apostle Paul, just as our faithful Lord and Savior came into this world, determined to know nothing other and to march his way all the way to the place for the reason that he was sent, and that was to be the lamb that would take away our sins and make us children of God, giving us power to live with him and for him. And I'm thankful for these camp meetings every year. There will be about 14 speakers this year. It'll begin on a Thursday night and end on a Sunday night. They will not be streamed live. So you want if you to be there while it's go to 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 watch it while it's going on to experience it while it's happening you'll have to be there. There are plenty of hotels there in the area. Make sure you get yours reserved early. It's coming upon us real quick. And you, listen, where there is a a fading away, where there's once been a fire and just an explosion and and just a, a great just a great desire to learn more of our Savior through the only avenue through which he's learned, which is faith in the sacrifice, the cross. The, the, these are camp meetings that you'll want to be a part of. The, the, these, are, these are people that are, that are learning to be determined to know nothing else in the midst of a church for the most part who wants to know everything other than being determined to know nothing but the Lamb. And I'm telling you, you will be encouraged, edified, strengthened. We, we've had people walk away from these camp meetings having received instruction and direction of the Lord. Ministries have been birthed. Directions have been changed. Of course, they will be when you're looking and beholding the life-changing Lamb of God. Hallelujah. So, again, I look forward to seeing you there at Determined Camp Meeting this year. This will be our 10th year to hold these meetings. Don't be ashamed of the gospel or those who are preaching it or those who are determined to know nothing but this great truth of the Lamb slain. Hallelujah. I will be this coming weekend there in Palestine ministering at Christ Community Church with Pastors Clinton and Lindsey Bass. I'm looking so forward to being in fellowship with them. Robin and I are going down. We'll be ministering on Saturday night, this next Saturday night. And Sunday morning, if you're anywhere in that region, I hoped you'd come and be a part of the meetings this weekend. And uh, I tell you what, the Lord always has great, great things to show his people so that he can put our feet in what he's showing us and we can be found walking in this great truth by faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's a great day to be gathered around God's word. Hallelujah. But isn't that every day? 
Again, this is Second Peter uh, Part 1. Oh, yeah, one other thing. If you've not subscribed to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, please do so. Go there and subscribe so you can get notifications. We sometimes do things and we don't put it on Facebook. We just simply upload it to YouTube and you'll get alerts when those things happen. Uh, we just began this past week uh, another uh, another topic entitled One Faith. And it's the overflow sessions that, that we do occasionally. And uh, so once a week, we're going to be uploading a message concerning One Faith. And it's so important, the topic of faith, because if you get faith wrong... You're eliminated from grace, and it's important to know that. If you get faith wrong, you're eliminated from grace and because grace only finds one avenue to function in, and that's through faith. You'll want, I've already uh, uploaded one. Uh, you'll find it. It's entitled Overflow, One Faith on the YouTube channel. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, and let's help get the Word of God as it is in truth and righteousness published to a lost world and a very, very backslidden church today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, here we are again, Second Peter chapter 1. Uh, this is part 8 again, and we're going to start right here in verse 8 today in this first chapter of Second Peter. And the Bible here says, For if these things be in you and abound... They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and notice today's main thrust here. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to show us the focus, really the main focus being that of being fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll get into that here in a few minutes. But watch the next verse says, but... Here's the contrary place. Here's, here's the other direction. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Now we're going to get into this today and we're going to see the importance of being fruitful in the knowledge, not of the knowledge of all... All these other things the church wants to focus on, but the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we're not learning Christ, if we're not growing, as Peter would write in another place, in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, then, then these things that we've just read about are not going to be in us and abounding. It is the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ that allows these things that we've just read about, virtue, knowledge, brotherly kindness, love, temperance, and all those things that should be in us, but not just in us, but abounding in us. And it, while they are abounding, we will never be unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this is what we trade everything in for. This is what the Apostle Paul said, I count it all dung and loss for the sake of the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Excellency, that which excels me. Excel, excellent. The word excellent, like to have a spirit of excellence, means that this spirit of excellence is a spirit that is excelling beyond where it has been, beyond other things. The spirit of excellence is a spirit that excels. It advances, you know. He not only sweeps, he sweeps the dirt up. He doesn't sweep it under the rug. He sweeps it up and puts it away, a spirit of excellence. He not only comes to work, but he don't just walk in at the same time the whistle's going off. He's ready to go to work when the buzzer goes off. A spirit of excellence, that which, never forget this. When the word excellence is used, 
It's referring to that which excels. And Paul said, I count everything lost and dung. I'm trading all that in for the excellency of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. If what I'm learning is not growing me in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, then I'm only learning through a mental ascent. I'm only hearing through a mental ascent. I'm, I'm not experiencing the faith that I was dealt and that I obtained when I was born again. That faith touches the Lord Jesus Christ. That faith touches Calvary. That faith allows me to learn. Jesus said, if you don't bear your cross, you cannot be my disciple. Disciple means learner, Luke 14, 26 and 27. So there's not very much learning outside just of a mental ascent, ascent uh, in the church today because there's not very much desire to hear the message of the cross. And you got to be very careful. You got to be very careful when it comes to faith and, and faith has to touch the Lord Jesus Christ. It has to touch his work at Calvary. That's why one of the most foolish statements you'll ever hear is that every message does not have to have in it it does not have to touch redemption. For if it does not if it does not touch redemption, it is not touching Christ. Our only touch of Christ is through faith in his redemption. And the only way that our knowledge can be increased of the Lord Jesus Christ is if we're touching the very thing that allowed him to begin these works of all these things that are in us. All these things that be in us because we are born again, because we touched Calvary's cross, the Christ of Calvary, with our hearts and we were born again, then the good work began. And the good work are these things being in us and abounding to bring forth the fruit of the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, if, listen, if we're not touching the cross, we're not touching Christ. The faith we live by is the faith of the Son of God. It's his faith and what he did by faith. And therefore, if, if, if listen, if we're running from a determination to know anything other than the cross, then we're running from the only place faith works. You need to know these things. But listen... If these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to read something I have here in my notes. There is no fruit for the Christian without the interactions of Christ. There is no fruit. Jesus said you can do no thing, nothing, absolutely nothing without me. And the context in which he taught that in John chapter 15 was the context of bearing fruit. If we do not abide in him, meaning continue through the faith that we received when we were placed in him, then we can do nothing. There will be no fruit of him unless we are interacting with him. And our interaction with Christ is not in all these ways the church wants you to think it is. Our interaction with Christ is our faith in his sacrificial work. That's what we have to be touching with our hearts. See, one of the most uh, dangerous things the church has done, and really fatal, the most I believe to be the most fatal things the church has done is to look at many, many scriptures in the light only to use certain scriptures only in the light of the born-again experience, such as Romans chapter 10, verse 10, that it's with the heart men believe unto salvation then the mouth, oh, it's, I'm sorry, I quoted that wrong. It's with the heart men believe unto righteousness 
then the mouth confesses unto salvation. If we look at that scripture, that Bible verse, only in the light of being born again, we're, go we're not going to understand how to live for God because all of God's words are in righteousness. So when we believed with the heart unto righteousness and the mouth then confessed unto that salvation that our hearts were believing in of the righteous work of Christ and his death at Calvary, then our mouths begin to speak of that. Listen, if we use that Bible verse just for being born again and not that we have to continue to believe with the heart under righteousness, then we're not going to understand Romans chapter 6, verse 16. The, the, the one avenue that we must choose out of the two avenues listed in Romans chapter 6, verse 16 is believing unto obedience unto righteousness. That's the obedience of Christ in death unto righteousness that he offers us, not just for salvation, but for the fruit of our interactions with him. Remember, we are to be learning Christ. All of God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Ministers hear this, and they throw this out because it will not fill the pew. It will not fill the billfold. Listen, they throw these things out because it's too sound, and sound doctrine today is the most unpopular thing in the church. Sound doctrine causes us to realize we've been pretending and faking it and make-believing. I was talking with someone this morning about these preachers who've been in the ministry for years and, and, and they've heard this message, but they've not subjected themselves to it. They've, they, they, they've not submitted to this truth. And, 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 and I know they haven't because I heard them. I heard them and, and, and they heard it for years and they never subjected themselves to it. And they kept working and working until one day they just quit. They threw the tally and they walked away. And, 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 and to prove that they were not trusting in the cross because those who trust in the Lamb and what he did at Calvary, they find his faith, the faith of Christ that endures. I want you to hear that. The faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us doesn't quit and walk away. What walks away is, is a wore out individual who doesn't know the victory that comes through faith in Christ and him crucified. The, the, what walks away is just a, a, a weary soul who's tired of working and tired of having to deal with everything because they've never learned the way of victory and liberty and freedom. I want you to hear me this morning. And one thing the Lord was showing me this morning concerning all these things is what about all the people who have sat there and listened to message after message that was not wrapped around Jesus Christ and him crucified to, to eventually make the preacher walk away. Well, the people in that church, they're in the same boat. They're in the same boat. What they don't know is what he really walked away from, all of these ministers, what they walk away from, and it's happened down through the ages, uh, here and there, it's always happening now more than ever. The saddest thing is those who've been close to this message and even attempted to preach it and claim they were to walk away, which means they didn't know the keeping power of the truth of Calvary. If they're Christians, they knew the saving power at one point, but 99.9% .9 of all true Christians today do not know the keeping power, the keeping truth of the cross of Christ. They do not know it. And that's why God raises up these determined ministers as Paul to keep the fire burning. Where the fire begins to dwindle over there, God will raise up a mighty blaze over here. He is a consuming fire, our God is. And those who are allowing this truth to permeate in and through their souls will have an obvious burning fire in their heart. It'll be a fire shut up in their bones that will have to be released. Hallelujah. When you see the fire dwindling and excuses made 
as, 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 as to why, uh, you know, if, if I'm sitting around having to defend myself all, all the time instead of just preaching the message, then the fire's going out and I'm kicking against it and I'm on my way to following suit behind these others who've walked away from this great saving and keeping power of the truth of the life-changing lamb. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Let's get into this today. What we got to be growing in and being found fruitful in is not the knowledge of anything other than of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we have to be growing in. Peter wrote this in 2 Peter chapter 3. Verses 17 and 18, watch the contrast here as well. It's always a contrast because it's either you are exercising the faith you received in its only object or you are not. Watch, 2 Peter 3, 17. You therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before. <laughs> Beware lest you also, oh, beware lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Oh, you were steadfast. Oh, you were, the fire of God was burning in your heart. Oh, you were determined to know nothing else. Beware lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness, but grow, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. See, there's a contrary thing. You are either growing in, I'm not talking about you say you are or you think you are. When you are, you have the fruit to show it. And the fruit is your testimony of the one of whose knowledge you're growing in. Listen, the, the object of our faith is always going to be our boast. The object of our faith is always going to be our boast. Amen. And every message that a minister preaches has an object of faith. Every one of them. So to leave out and not touch Christ's redemptive work in a message means there's another object of faith being offered in that message. You knew these things. You knew these things. Beware, lest you also, that means it's already happening and it's still happening. Beware, lest you also, that means there are people, and this was written 1,900 years ago. Get this now. You don't think people are being led astray with the error of the wicked today? What's the error of the wicked that's taken place in the lives of those who once stood steadfastly in this faith, the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us, uh, the interactions with Christ growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, not knowing everything about church history. Oh, not knowing everything about it. Oh, growing in the knowledge, excelling in this glorious knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this again, but grow in grace. Grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory. Let's say this again based on chap uh, John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. No, no, not one ounce of fruit in your ministry, in your marriage, raising your children, on your job, not one thing can be done in a Christian's life that will have proper fruit without Jesus. And to touch Jesus, you gotta be touching his redemption plan. 
If you don't believe that, you're living in a make-believe, a, a, a vain imagination, some thought that has exalted itself above the knowledge of Christ Jesus. And we're to bring how many thoughts into the captivity of obedience, the obedience of Christ? Every thought captive. Every thought captive. Hallelujah. This is why no matter what we are teaching, it must be seen and offered in the light of Calvary's Lamb. Without that, there is no excelling in learning. There is no excelling in learning. There, and there is no life-changing experience. I want you to see this now. So let's read verse 9 again. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. That means cleansed. This, he, listen, when we forget that we were purged from our old sins, that doesn't mean we don't have any recollection, excuse me, of having been saved. Well, I don't know what you're talking about being saved. You mean I was cleansed? You mean, you mean I was saved and I've forgotten it? No, no. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about when we put the cross behind us and any other thing before us. You've got to look to the cross to see the word properly. Because at the cross, Jesus was made unto us righteousness. That means through his death and all God's words are in righteousness. It has to be that way because Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 tell us that the righteousness of God, who Christ is and what he did at Calvary and who he became to us there, all of God's words are in righteousness and his righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. So it's, a, it's just a, it's a grave and fatal mistake we've made throughout the years as the church is to remove the cross from every message. I've said it for 18 years. I won't move away from it. I don't have any, I don't have a lot to lose. But I am willing to lose what I do have for the sake of the excellency of the knowledge. There can be 10,000 sermons but the message in every sermon must be that of Christ and him crucified. I'm not ashamed to have the Holy Spirit showing me that, telling me that, guiding me in that. I'm not ashamed to say those who disagree are wrong scripturally. I'm not ashamed. God will, God will allow them to be led astray in the error of the wicked. Let's go back to that. Let's go back to that scripture. That's such a powerful scripture. You therefore, you who, you who have said or stood steadfast, maybe you who are standing steadfast in this great truth of Christ and him crucified, determined to know nothing else. Do you know how many men are in the attempt right now to beguile you and deceive you and milk this message down and, and to rob you of your crown of righteousness? Do you know just how much effort the enemy is making even through men who are being carried away in the error of the wicked from their place of steadfastness right now? Do you know it? It's always been that way. The question is, when you stand, when you think you stand, will you continue to stand? Take heed when you stand, lest you fall. Take heed, not when you're staggering around. No, wake up, no, no. Take heed while you're standing. Keep looking at why you're standing so that you can keep standing because there is an error of the wicked at work. And it is subtle, it is deceitful, it is deceptive. You can, you, listen, there is a, there's always been an attack. This is why when the great message of the cross comes in with a great thrust uh, all throughout the ages, uh, just a little short time and poof, it's gone. Not this time, my friends. 
Not this time, my friends. It may get snuffed out over here. It may get snuffed out over there. But the Lord is just going to keep raising up ministers of his righteousness now who are learning to become determined to know nothing else. All the name calling, all the rebelling against. Listen, sometimes even by those who teach you, there's always the possibility for you and me to be carried away, to fall away from our own steadfastness. Hear me this morning. When you think a minister can't fall away, you're on dangerous ground. Peter preached on Pentecost, and 3,000 people were saved. People saw, Peter saw Cornelius' whole house saved. Peter saw the Lord through him working great miracles. But yet Peter was found listening to those that would draw him away from his place of steadfastness there in Antioch. You can read it in Galatians chapter 2. Barnabas was even moved and followed him. You see, it's always going to come through men. It's always going to come through men who want to beguile and deceive, men who have heard the wake-up call, but yet for whatever fleshly, lustful reason that was there, they did not take a stand and because they did not take a stand, if we refuse to take a stand even against that which we so dearly honor and love and respect, we're reading about what will happen right here. You therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest you also, Curtis, pay attention, Curtis, don't let money, family, position, legacy, history, past moves of God, don't let anything cause you to be led away with the error of the wicked and fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To, to him be glory now and forever. Amen. And let me say this about you and me and ministries. We are either becoming more determined to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified or we are becoming less determined. And it's obvious. People can see it. It's obvious. People can see it. Listen, we got people, and it's always been this way for the 18 years we've been uh, called by the Lord, set apart unto the gospel and preaching the gospel. People will come into our church, and because we are just so focused on Christ and him crucified, they, they won't even stick around. They'll get up and leave the church service because we're not focused on what they think we ought to be focused on. And you're living in the most deceptive and evil and deceitful time history has ever known. It's heading to what Jesus calls the worst time of all. We won't be here in the great tribulation. <laughs> Forget all those who teach that we will. They want to, obviously, but I don't, and the Bible teaches we won't. But until we reach the most devastating and horrible and awful time it's getting that way now it's not just going to all of a sudden no we're it's the whole world is and everything is groaning and moaning and being shaken that can be shaken and the the time we're living in is most deceptive I've told our people for years, if I begin to move away from this great truth, you will know it. You will see it. You will recognize it. Don't follow me away. Go find you someone else who's determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified because only there are you going to be able to grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. If any other thing is a focus and a thrust, it's not going to work out for you. You're going to be hindered and you're going, your, your growth is going to be stunted. So watch, watch this now. 
Here in 2 Peter chapter 1, it's where we are. But he that lacks these things, in verse 9, is blind. <clears throat> the Christian can go blind again. And he is talking about Christians because he says, you could, if you forget, you were purged from your old sins. And again, let's, let's make sure we understand this. This is not talking about some dementia. This is not talking about, you mean I was born again? I was per No, no. This is talking about replacing that as the church does so easily today. I come out of it, I know what I'm talking about. 99% of the church is there now. It don't matter if it's Baptist, what's called Pentecost. It don't matter if it's charismatic. It don't matter if it's Methodist. It don't matter what. I'm talking about true Christianity. If you talk to Christians, they're going to tell you pretty quick what it is they're trusting in. They're going, we're going to always speak what our heart is trusting in. We're going to boast in the object of our faith, not going to escape that. You're going to do it. And very rarely are you going to hear, even from the most devout Christian who is in a church somewhere all the time working their fingers to the bone, very rarely are you going to hear them talk about the cross of Christ. And if you bring it up, you're going to experience rejection, weird looks, I'm telling you, I've been there. I used to do it myself. And, 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 and I'm thankful today for the eye-opening and awakening of the Holy Spirit who was finally able to get me to agree with him that the answer from God for everything is the lamb slain. Everything. Nothing's coming from God for you outside of your faith in the Lamb slain. That's where Jesus received everything for you, Revelation 5 and 12, and that's the only place your faith can be to receive everything he did there to distribute it into your life freely. Not working for it, freely. So we can go blind again if we forget that it's the cross of Christ that purged us from our sins. It's not when we got in a water baptismal tank. It's not when we conf confessed some this or some that or I'm this and I'm that. No, it's when we believed with the heart under righteousness and God's not asking you to do anything but the same thing moment after moment in your life. Believe his word in its righteous context so faith can keep coming through that righteousness and of your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. And you can keep walking by faith, beholding the Lamb, changed from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Watch this now. You don't want to go blind. If you look away from Calvary, you go blind. This is why the answer in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3, the, God's only answer to prevent us from growing weary and fainting in our minds, which is our soul, is to consider the one who endured such contradiction of sinners. Where does he point you to keep you from fainting, growing weary and fainting in your soul when you need your soul restored? Then he restores my soul by leading me in the path of Psalms 23 and 3. You know it. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Glory be to God. He points me back to Calvary or I am going to grow weary and faint. Going to church ain't going to keep me from growing weary and fainting. Mm -mm. The flesh, the works of the flesh, it's a good thing to go to church and be very active in the church. But if my faith is in that instead of the lamb and what he did at Calvary, I'm going to grow weary. And I'm going to faint unless I keep looking at Christ and him crucified. You know, the Lord spoke to my heart literally last night right before I went to bed. And he told me the flesh not only will never 
take up the cross. The flesh will be busy about religious activity, but only to deceive us and to prevent us from taking up the cross where he is denied. The flesh is denied. But the Lord spoke to me last night before I went to bed and said, the flesh, the carnal part of us that wants to live with for God or with God without God's only way, meaning the cross. And this is what the Lord told me last night. The flesh not only will not take up the cross, but it cannot take up the cross. The flesh cannot take up something that has already crucified it. The flesh not only will not take up the cross, my friend, but it cannot take up the cross. That's why it wants to be so busy about things, religious activity. That's why no matter what you're doing, the object of your faith and boast must be the death of Jesus. If it's not, then flesh, your own flesh, is deceiving you. You know how much supposed revival today is taking place? It's only of the flesh? Almost all of it. Almost everything called revival today is only fleshly excitement. How do I know? Because the focus is not the lamb slain. When the focus is the lamb slain, revival is taking place. The fire of God is burning in our hearts. We're growing. These things Peter's writing about are abounding in our hearts because all these things are the work of the Holy Spirit, which is what Jesus meant when he said, you can do nothing without me. That means there will be no working of my spirit without you touching me, without me, without your interactions with me. And that's not talking about going to church and having worship. No, those things are good, great, they're marvelous. But our interaction with Jesus, our touching of Jesus, our learning of Jesus, anything that's Jesus working in and through our lives by his Spirit is because of our faith in that which gave us our born-again experience and our eyesight. Remember, Jesus told Nicodemus, you can't enter the kingdom or even see it, John 3, verses 3 through 5, until you're born again. When you were born again through faith exclusively in the sacrifice of Christ, your eyes were opened because you became a new creation. The old man doesn't have eyes to see. The new creation, the new man is who sees. Don't go blind by looking away from the lamb. Don't go blind by looking away from the lamb. And when you think you can sit under the preaching of God's word and it not be in the light of the lamb, there's no light for you to have. Whatever's being preached, if it's not in the light of the Lamb, it's darkness. It's darkness. Using God's Word out of its righteous context will produce darkness. You do know you can slay each other with the Word, with the law of the Word, with the Spirit of God's Word. Works within the perimeters of one's faith in the death of Jesus Christ. Not just when we were born again, but to keep seeing our faith must be there. And the reason our faith can stay there is because we keep learning Christ in the Scriptures. Learning Christ in the Scriptures. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. And this teaching these truths from these ministers of righteousness that God is raising up, who, by the way, will not allow darkness to enter into their pulpits. They will not allow darkness or that which points away and causes us to look away from the Lamb at any time to be in their pulpits. It will not happen. Not where God's ministers of righteousness take place. And again, we're either growing more determined 
to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. That means what mixture and leaven is there is going by the wayside. Or we're becoming less and less determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. And the leaven is gaining ground. Where are we? Where are you? Are you boasting in the Holy Spirit working the determination of Christ in you to know nothing other than the Lamb slain? Or are you, as I did for years, making excuses as to why we don't need to always touch God's redemption? Where are we? Where are you? Where am I? Listen. Let's read verse 9 and move into verse 10 now. You've got to watch very carefully. And remember, we read Peter also wrote, there is an error of the wicked that desires nothing more than to pull those who are standing steadfast through faith in the Lamb away. They desire nothing. When when I become when I be, start becoming less and less determined to know nothing, I start reaching to pull others into that place as well. It's an error that does not just go away silently. The error of the wicked at work in my life is reaching for others, and through me will reach others. Either way, if I'm learning and becoming more determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified, that will have a great effect. If I'm becoming less and less determined, that will have a great effect. Which effect do I prefer? Which rewards will I be receiving? What fruit am I now laying up? What treasures am I now laying up? Because whichever way I go... I'm portraying a great effect. Somebody's listening to this today. Somebody's hearing this today. Somebody's going to make a decision today. I'm talking, I'm not talking about some, well, we all make decisions when we hear the word. No, you, whoever you are, you are making a conscious decision right now because you're realizing you've been being pulled on by the wrong folk. Who is it that's going around behind the scenes saying negative things about ministers who are determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified? Or who is it that's just boasting in Christ and Him crucified? The power, the wisdom of God, the salvation in its fullness of God, everything. The word in all of its light for the path laid ahead. The path of the righteous is the path of the righteous one who is only declared from the cross. Hallelujah. Watch now, verse 9. Let's try to move into verse 10. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. It's, It's what he's... It's what, he, it's what he's no longer looking at from afar off that's caused him to go blind. Mm. It's, it's 2,000 years ago that which took place that opened our eyes when we believed it that if we, if we don't keep looking at what happened 2,000 years ago, we'll go blind again. See, the, the light is the Lamb. Revelation 21, 23, the lamb is the light. There is no light of God's word in my light, for my, in my heart, for my path, unless it's the light of the lamb. The lamb is the path. The way, of, we say it, the way of God is the way of the cross, the way of the lamb, the way of Jesus Christ. We preach the way. Those, the early churches were called those of the way, the way of Christ, the way of the cross, the way of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So watch now. They've, they'll go blind because they can't see afar off because they've forgotten they were purged from their old sins. Wherefore, 
The rather, brothers, here comes this word again. Peter's used it before. Give diligence. Remember where he moved it, used it up here in verse 5. And beside this, uh, give, giving all diligence. Here he's using it again in verse 10. Just five verses later. Wherefore, to prevent this from happening, give all diligence. Give diligence to make your calling an election, sure. You were called to virtue and glory. You were called by God through the gospel. You were called by God through the blood that was shed at Calvary. It's the blood that God is speaking through from heaven, Hebrews 12, 24, and 25. <clears throat> Listen, the, we've been so deceived as the church and still are because we are looking for God to speak in various ways in diverse manners. And he says clearly in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, that those days are over. They're over. If you're looking for the shape of a cloud or purple smoke to float in under the door, if you're looking for any other any other way for God to speak to you other than by his son. Again, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. He has pulled the curtain on the age where he speaks to us in diverse ways and various manners and diverse ways. That's over. It's done. He speaks to us by his son. Are you hearing him? through his son. And Hebrews 12, 24 and 25 reveal the specifics of that. He's speaking from heaven through the blood. He's not speaking outside of that context, that avenue. And to say he is, is to call him a liar. He speaks by his son, meaning through what his son did through the shedding of his blood at Calvary. Ephesians 2 and 13 says we were brought near by the blood. What was it that was speaking? God was speaking through the blood and he drew us near and made us one with himself. Ephesians 2, 13. We were made near to God by the blood, not by any other thing. The blood of the son of God, the lamb, is what brought us near and made us near to God. It's what allowed us to be immersed into him. Hallelujah. So you, you were your calling was a calling unto God through faith in the sacrifice God offered for you of his son, the Lamb of God. Watch, but not just make sure you're calling, and that's not talking about your specific gifting, your pastorate or your evangelism. It's calling about Make sure you're calling an election. Make sure that you keep standing steadfast, that you were called by grace. And your election, you were elected by grace. The Bible teaches we are the elect of God by grace, nothing else. That means the grace that Jesus tasted death by, Hebrews 2 and 9 he tasted death by the grace of God so that we could be called, chosen, elected, and made the people of God. Glory be to God. And as long as you keep tasting of that death, reckoning yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, the sin nature, and alive unto God through the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to remain steadfast, standing steadfast. And when... People begin to milk it down. The error of the wicked begins to come even to us who've stood steadfast for so long. The error of the wicked is in your face. The error of the wicked is always knocking there. It's always wanting in. And listen, it doesn't come through a snaggletooth crackhead on homeless person on the street. It comes in through those you've respected and honors who, who are now being pulled away their own selves just as Barnabas watched Peter being pulled away into a boat of hypocrisy and he was moved by the same issue of sin. Peter respected a people. 
He became a respecter of persons by submitting for whatever reason it was wrong because no right reason will ever lead you into hypocrisy, which is a respecter of persons, which the Bible says is sin. And and, and it caused other people to follow him into the same boat of sinful hypocrisy. So the enemy is coming after those who are standing in the way of righteousness, standing in the truth we are standing in, the liberty and and the freedom wherewith at the cross, wherewith at the cross, Christ made us free. Hallelujah. You can talk about you preaching the cross and give excuses all, all day is long when people want to know why aren't you still preaching the cross and we know we can mention it and we can talk about it but are we preaching it? Are we boasting in it? When we get opportunities to go out and preach to, to people wherever, is that what we're still preaching? Is that what we're still boasting in? If it's not, then the error of the wicked is touching me and it's having an effect on me and I need to wake up. Hallelujah. Watch now. This is a powerful verse in verse 10. Wherefore the rather, don't go blind. Don't go blind. Don't forget where your faith has to be. And if it is, you'll be moving more into that, becoming more faithful with the abounding fruit of the Holy Spirit. Wherefore, the rather brothers give diligence, that means moment by moment, to be found striving for the faith of the gospel. Make your calling and election sure, because if you do these things, this is, well, I thought it wasn't about doing. Our doing is the working of the Holy Spirit who can work if our faith is in the sacrifice of Christ because the grace that finds faith that always works is the spirit of grace, not just the word grace, not just something magical. Grace that teaches, saves, we labor by, everything grace does is what the spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth is doing in us when he finds biblical, scriptural faith, which is faith in the sacrifice. Watch. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Now the word for fall here is stumble. So there is a place you can stand steadfast and when you are, while you are standing there, while you are beholding the life-changing Lamb of God, you will not fall. The Bible says it, not the preacher. It didn't come out of me. It come out of God's Word. While you are giving diligence to make your calling and election sure to you, hallelujah, and the experience for you, hallelujah, for you refusing to be pulled away from this narrow focus, for you, you will never, I like that word, stumble. Stumbling comes only when we look away from the Lamb. Stumbling only comes when we look away from the Lamb. The error of the wicked grabs a hold of us when we're looking away from the Lamb. You can be talking about the Lamb and looking away because it's not what your words are saying, it's what your heart is grabbing a hold of. Mm, That's a powerful statement. It's not what your words are saying, it's what your heart is believing unto. And Jesus has told us we can honor Him with our lips while our hearts are far from Him. Are you hearing from the Holy Spirit today? If you fear the Lord and your hearts are tender before Him and you have a Spirit-taught heart, you're hearing from the Lord today. And He's strengthening you in the faith. And He will guide you in the days ahead when many will lose all for religion. But then there will be a few who are losing all for the excellency of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. We're out of time. As always, it goes so quick. And I just want to say how grateful I am to see those 
being plucked up by the Holy Spirit, getting up and getting out, all that stuff that refuses to boast in the cross alone. It's a mighty, mighty, mighty move of God that's taking place. You, you want to see it everywhere. You will, but not in the numbers you want to see it because we're not living in that day. The Bible explains in the New Testament what will be happening to the people of God in the, in the last of the last days. And I want you to be a part of the determination that refuses to look away from the Lamb. Refuses to look away from the Lamb of God. For it's when we look away from the Lamb that we stumble and fall. You'll have to admit that. That every time we've done a big piece of stupid, we weren't beholding the Lamb when we did it. If you're honest, you know it's true. Now, I want to encourage you today. Keep running this race. Keep fighting this good fight of faith. Keep standing. The error of the wicked surrounds us everywhere. Don't go for it. Don't be beguiled or deceived by men. For many have been. And wherever they are, that's where they want everybody else to be. Wherever we are, that's where we want everybody else to be. Wherever we're standing, we want everybody to be standing there with us. Be found standing in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, beholding the Lamb moment by moment. Praise be to God. We're here every Monday and Friday at 9 a.m. Central Time. I hope that you join us. And I pray that today, as you ask the Lord for the things, the provision that you need, that you would look to what he provided for you at Calvary in his own son. For there you will find the provision for everything you have need of. Guaranteed promise. I pray the Lord's touch be upon you today for the strengthening of your heart in this faith, for the healing you may need in your body, for the soundness you may need in your mind, and for the strength and the confidence to be led by the Spirit of God into all truth and to be on guard against everything that would hinder your advancement in the truth. I love you. God bless you. Don't forget, you can give an offering to the Lord through this ministry if he stirs your heart to do so at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903 231 5950. God bless you. He loves you. We love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then. <laughs>